But uh, let me just share a few things with you. Uh, I, I was reading in Romans, if by strength I go to 12, forgive me. But in, in, in Romans, I was reading in chapter 8, I love chapter 8 of Romans, because as surely as there's a chapter 7 that shows us uh, how we cannot get things done without Christ, it's an impossibility. And that's why I always talk about Jesus, because um, my faith informs me. Uh, my faith in Jesus, and I'm not perfect uh, yet in, in, in the conditional sense. In the positional sense, I'm there, and you are there in the positional sense. But I'm really walking out my journey in the Lord, and uh, my faith is always making me better. Uh, my faith in Jesus, and there were times when I, didn't, I, th I would think, this is just too much, and not necessarily this situations in life. This is just too much to Jesus. It's just too much to ask him anybody. Or I'm just finished, you know. And I know I'm talking to human beings, and you felt like that in your life. But every time in the old days, I thought I might carry out one of those crazy statements. I might just quit on the Lord. And, and I, tried to, I was going to quit on the Lord because I thought pastoring was just way above my, my abilities. And, and it is, but... But my, our sufficiency is of Christ. It comes from Christ. And he gives us the ability to go through things that ordinary human beings cannot go through. And when I say ordinary human beings, I'm saying those who are not born again. Those of us who are born again get through things that is mind-boggling how we get through them. And you know what I'm talking about. Many of you have experiences greater than mine. I remember a number of years ago when I, I would tell my little sad story to people and I had the right audience, I would tell my little sad story about the, you know, my life and whatever. And I remember uh, I was a, uh, on a, a board member for one of the human, you know, uh, one of the, the, it's called not a human action, some of the community, community action agencies, a community action agency. I was on the board of directors and there was a, a man from Hebronville who had a story that just demolished my and I, I promised that I would never, ever talk about poor me ever again. And I haven't in uh, maybe 40 years because uh, I, had, I had a great life. And this man did not have a great life. And, uh, but he was still going forward. And so uh, I, I just say that all, to all of us, we, we have a story. But Jesus enables us to go forward. So I, I want you to, to, to lay hold of that and don't ever give up on that. Your success does not depend on you. It, it, it does not. Now, now you, you give your effort. Do your, do your thing. You know, I mean, I don't sit at the house if I need a job and say, well, God will bring me one if he wants me to have it. I mean, that's not my mentality. I'm going to uh, hit the streets. I'm going to read the paper. I'm going to ask friends and neighbors. I just might go cold turkey and knock on the door. That's me. You know, so I do my part. But I'm trusting Jesus to bring results. And that's how we should always live. You can't go to, go to the university and don't do your homework and expect to make an A. So there is a part for you, but you're not the one who got it done. I want to say that again. You are not the one who got it done. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Let me read quickly scripture. I want to start in Romans chapter 8, verses 28 through 30. And I'm going to mostly read, and we're going to bless you. We're going to receive communion. In Romans 8:28, Paul says, And we know, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called 
according to his purpose. So now, now, now everybody here who has been called of God, this is what you know. That everything that's happening in your life, God is going to work it for good. He didn't say everything in your life is going to be good, but he says God, with his amazing ability, will work it out for your good. Well, that's big stuff for me. We know he's going to strengthen you. He's going to establish you. It doesn't matter what the devil throws at you. God is going to cause you to walk through that, to walk out of that, to live above that. That's God. That's the God we serve, the God we love. He's an amazing God. He's an astoundingly wonderful God. Yeah, trying to get another word. For verse 29 says, for whom he foreknew. This is bigger than Dallas, right? Bigger than New York City. It says, the, uh, for whom he foreknew. Every one of us who is saved today in this place, every one of us, God knew you. Now, you didn't know him at that point, but God knew you. And that's why you are here is because before the foundation of the world, God knew you. Why am I saying these things? Because I want you to be strengthened. I want you to be fortified because you and I are living in perilous times. We are living in times of uncertainty when you can go to the mall shopping and not come home. Think you're going to go out and celebrate and some lunatic, some madman, some insane man is there with a gun. He wants to kill you because he just doesn't like you. That's insanity. That's the world in which we live. Don't ever, don't ever defend that crazy world. So he foreknew you. Now because he foreknew you, listen to this, don't look around, look at me. He also predestined those he foreknew, he predestined, predetermined, gave a destination to, to be conformed to the image of his son. So God has predestined you, predetermined that at the end of this particular program that you will look like Jesus. I, I don't know about back there against the wall, but boy, that got me. I don't know about you here, but that, that really moves me. That he can take a sinner, a man who was born in the sin. Sin was in all of his members. And so thoroughly worked in that person, that that person looks like the spotless Lamb of God. That's big, that's huge. That's what God has for you. Let me, let me say one of my favorite scriptures. I told my wife I was going to get some more. But nothing the devil forms against you will succeed against you. Don't you give in. Don't you give up. Don't you run out of, of energy because you must work by the energy of God. Paul learned to walk by the strength of the Holy Spirit. The strength that the Holy Spirit gave and you have the same Holy Spirit. He predestined you to be conformed to the image, the likeness of his son. The very essence of his son. 
that he might, Jesus might, be the firstborn of many brethren. And it's like God had it in his mind and heart to save humanity, but not just to save you, to save you, but he wanted to save you so that he could give his son a whole company of people that Jesus could fellowship with and enjoy. Those who are, could be in union would be in union with him and those who could understand the things of God. So he's made us, he's given us an ability to understand and to work in a realm of the supernatural. This is what God has done. And it's not going to start one day, one day it has already begun. And what has, God has begun, he will perform it till the day of Christ. Boy, 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 he's an amazing Lord and God, isn't he? And so he says here that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Many brethren. He wanted them to have a huge family. And in verse 30, it says, Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. So everybody here that he predestined, he called you. He gave a call out to you. And that Greek word has to do with the same call that he called Israel to be his people. So he's called you to be his people. You are his family. It's not just your, your people like a little pet in the house. You're a family. You're a family. Some of you are sorry, my, my pets are family pastor. I can just hear those words, right? But not in the context that I'm giving here. But that's what God has done. And those he called, he called you, that means that, that he placed in you ability to be. He placed in you ability to become. And so you and I are, and we are becoming. So then he, those he called, he also justified. So God, who is righteous, totally righteous, has declared that you meet his standard. He has declared you, as it were, not guilty. He has justified you. He has declared you a righteous person. And those he has judicially declared righteous will be made righteous by the sanctification of the Holy Spirit. And he has already glorified you. Now, what does that mean? That he has already glorified you. Now, some theologians would say, no, glorification comes later. I would say to you, experiential or conditional glorification does come later. But when the scripture says he has glorified you, these he glorified, past tense, it means that in Christ you are glorified. That means that God does not see you apart from the Son of God. God sees you in the Son. And so when Jesus was glorified, when he got out of the grave, glorified a whole different kind of humanity, God says, that's you too. I love that. But what he has done, he's so amazing, what he has done is he could have just cleaned up everything, wiped it all out, pal, we're in heaven. But he says, no, I want them to see the process. I want them to experience the process. And so you and I are in process. We, we stumble and we see how God lifts us up. You know, we say something we shouldn't. We see how God closes our mouth. We see how God takes us from one degree of glory to another. We see how he takes us from one degree of strength to another. The person I used to be, I am not that person anymore because I'm growing in God. I'm growing in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I am not like I I was. 
Uh, some of us here, I'm sure you're here and you've been crying some crocodile tears. You know what that means? Crocodile tears, the crocodile, as he is eating his prey, he's crying. Well, if you really want, want, to, you know, want to cry over your prey, so to speak, you know, don't eat it. Some of us do our stuff, do our stuff. We don't care about growing. We just want to cry and say, I'm trying. That's not my life. And that's not the life of a truly born-again person. You are getting better. And you must be informed by the Holy Spirit and by the Word of God. And you can be informed by gathering with people who are informed by the Holy Spirit and by the Word of God. Hallelujah, somebody. We can be better. How much time do I have? Is anybody here? Okay. Dos o tres minutos. Okay. I'm excited. I don't want to keep you too long. So Paul, when he says that we know that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord, who are the call according to his purpose, he says, what then shall we say to these things? Paul uses that in Romans a lot of times. What, then, what shall we say then? What shall we say then? He, he will explain it. But here he says, what then shall we say to these things? And I want to encourage you. Please be encouraged. It doesn't matter if you don't have the job that you wanted. It does not matter if you don't have the house that you wanted. It does not matter if life hasn't been so splendid. It does not matter. I mean that. It does not matter. This is what matters. Paul says, what shall, then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Hallelujah. We've lived through all kinds of situations and scenarios, and here we are standing, and they are in the past. This too shall pass. Whatever is going on shall pass, because by the Spirit of God, by the love of God, by the Word of God, we as God will outlast it all. And since God is for us, should not we be for God? Should not we live our lives for God and not ourselves? Yeah. For to me to live is Christ yeah. and to die is gain. Yeah. Every waking moment, it should be evident that we are sold out to the God who purchased us with and by the death of his son. Yeah. Paul goes on to say, he got, he's to shore us up and to strengthen us. He says, he who did not spare his own son. He who did not spare his own son, he who, did, who gave up his own son while we were treasonous people, crazy as bugs crawling on the ground. You say, well, why would you say that, Pastor? Look at the craziest stuff that's going on in our world. That's why I said, God did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all while we were crazy, while we were sinners, while we were treasonous. Why we didn't want God, didn't know God, he did this for us. How shall he not, with him, at this point, freely give us all things? So if he, if he was that magnanimous, that generous, that, that kind, while we were terrible, what is he going to do for you now, Paul says? He, he's going to graciously, freely give you all things now. This is what God wants to do for us. So don't, 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 don't say that crazy stuff like, how do I know there's a God? If you, if you don't want to get popped, don't come around me saying that. 
Y'all forgive me. Gonna act like you're my child, just pop you good. You know, come, like, like come to yourself. As my dad would say, have some sense. Hallelujah, somebody. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? He's asking. Who is going to press charges against you? Who's going to take you to court? Because there's only one court that has jurisdiction over you, and that's the court where God is seated on the throne. Jesus Christ is the judge. He's the ruler. Who's going to bring charges against you? doesn't matter what people say about you. Who's going to bring a charge against you? God's not going to take a charge against you. This is what he says. It's God who justifies. So if God is the judge, has justified you, declared that you meet his standard, is he going to take a charge against you? Because that justification is based on the blood of his son, the efficacy of, of his blood, the effectiveness of his blood. Boy, that's big for me. Man, I'm like that old preacher. Preaching myself happy. Then he asked the question, who is he who condemns? Who is he condemned? The scripture says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made all of you free from the law of sin and death. What the law could not do in that it was weak in the flesh, God did. What the law could not do, God did. By sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh on the account, on account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. What Jesus' sacrifice did was he condemned sin in the flesh. He rendered sin inoperable, incapable of controlling you and doing whatever it wanted you to do. Who is he who condemns? There's nobody going to condemn you. You're, you're uncondemnable. But you ought to be convicted when you fail. Listen here. It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. And so the judge, somebody's going to condemn you and bring a charge against you. The judge is the one who is sitting there ruling everything. The judge is the one who died for you. The judge is the one who knows why you are justified. And he's risen from the dead. That's your judge. He's at the right hand of God. And not only that, but he is the one interceding for you. And now somebody's going to prosecute you. And, and the judge is interceding for you. Come on. And Jesus Christ is your judge. Jesus is the judge. Amen, somebody. Amen, somebody. And so Paul concludes, and I'm going to conclude, who shall separate us from the, the, the love of Christ? Now, before I go further, he says, who's going to separate us from the love of Christ? And what he wants you to know is he's talking about not your love for Christ, but Christ's love for you. Who's going to separate? Who's going to make Jesus stop loving you? 
Who can, what can do that? Who can do that? What can do that? I'm saying I've lived a long time now. I've lived a long time. Sister Grace, I've lived a long time now. And this is what Paul says, and I want us to say it. Shall tribulation? No. D or distress? No. Persecution? No. Famine? No. Nakedness? No. Peril? No. Sword? No. As it is written. For your sake we are killed all day long. For your sake we are, we are a sacrifice. We are daily sacrifice all day long. For your sake we are killed all day. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. We are accounted. We are, the, the world says and the devil says they are not even w worth living. That's what the world says about some of us who seek the things that are in the world. They say you're not worth living. You're just a beast to be slaughtered. But he says here, yet, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. We are super conquerors. We conquer and keep on conquering. We conquer and keep on conquering. We grow from strength to strength, each one of us. That's who we are in Christ Jesus. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And then Paul begins his, 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 uh, his uh, ending of his, of his speech, of, his, of, his, of the scriptures, whatever it is called. <laughs> his doxology. I'm trying to find a good Methodist here and I can only find one. He's, 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 this is his doxology. He begins to say, for, based on these things, he said, for... I am persuaded. I'm convinced. There's no doubt in my mind that neither death nor life. He goes from one extreme to the other. He says, any, at any place in between, neither death nor life, nor angels, principalities or powers, nor things that are present, nor even things to come, nor anything in the future, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing, nothing in creation. He says when Jesus overcame, he overcame everything in creation. He says there's nothing in creation that shall be able, that shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Hallelujah. Let's give Jesus some praise. Let's give Jesus some praise. This is big stuff. While you are seated, in your earth suit, immortality living in a mortal body, immortality living in a mortal body. This is what the Word of God says. He says, even right now, I have placed you over everything in creation. Wow. Wow. Now, as you're standing on your feet, I'm going to pray for you. We're going to receive communion. 
And Father, in the name of the Lord, I bless everyone in this house. I bless everyone who's called by your name. I speak over them life, the life of God, the Zoe life. We speak over them and into them that life. In the name of Jesus, they will be strong. And that in this hour when wickedness abounds, that they would be people of exploits. Not to, not to curry favor from others or not to shine a spotlight on themselves, but on what God can do in a human being. And that it's time now for the sons of God be made manifest. I bless them in this regard. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. 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 We're going to receive communion and we're going to eat and drink together. You may be seated and we're going to receive communion before we go.